Welcome to Legends of Greyskull, the podcast that dives deep into the mythology of Masters of the Universe, with your hosts, Matthew Dooch and Sean Scavana. News, reviews, remasterings, and more are just ahead on Legends of Greyskull. And welcome to Legends of Grayskull, the fan podcast where we discuss the history, the mystery, the magic, and mythology of He-Man, She-Ra, Eternia, Etheria, Nordor, Primus, New Adventures, Old Adventures, Ladybird, UK Annual, anything and everything you can think of with that He-Man, She-Ra, Masters of the Universe, that Revelation logo on the bottom. I'm Matthew Dooch, here again with Sean Skarna, somewhere. How are we doing today, Sean? I'm doing. I have the power. I got the power sword. I took it from Skellagod. I didn't think he was worthy anymore. He's not worthy. <laughs> oh, but he's jumping to the end, folks. But we're all we're right I, at the um... beginning. So welcome. We are doing our first episode breakdown. So hopefully you guys checked out episode 70. That gave you our overall thoughts about Masters of the Universe Revelation, streaming now exclusively on Netflix. Uh, but today we're gonna get we're gonna dive a little deeper, and we're gonna we're gonna break down. We're gonna talk episode by episode. So today is episode one: The Power of Grayskull. All right. So that hurt. I think I, I think I pulled something. <laughs> Hold something or poop something or something I, happened. I got, apparently, something happened. Yes, that's all I know. <laughs> so this is uh, so I guess it's a little different. <clears throat> I mean, obviously, we've done episode breakdowns before, episode reviews, but this time it's 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 nice to do something that has just come out. You know what I mean? It's yeah, it, it's a great time because we started this show. Um, you know. There was nothing. So uh, let's let's jump in. I guess we can skip the usual where did you see it? When did you see it? Because the answer <laughs> for both of us is Netflix on July 23rd. So yeah, pretty much. Um, pretty much. I'm going to throw, throw it out there again right quick here, guys. If you enjoyed Revelation and you are hoping to see more, remember the best thing you can do is watch it. Watch it again. Watch it a third time. Watch it a fourth time. Just watch it. If you watch it at Buddy's house, watch it at your house. Um, you know that the individual accounts mean a lot, and the rewatch means a lot. And regardless of anything else that occurs, you know, critics, audience, whatever, it all comes down to the views for Netflix. I mean, that's that's no secret. That's why they're here. You know. So, episode one. Power of Grayskull. Okay, right off the bat, let's talk about that intro a little bit. Because that's that's the first thing you see when you get at hit episode one. So you got that wonderful intro, those that nice artwork uh, mm-hmm. that both shocked and amazed me. So um, it was just awesome seeing all that pop up. And it was so unexpected. I was expecting an intro, but I wasn't expecting all that vintage artwork, you know? Yeah, and and uh, I I give credit to that to Powerhouse for the fact that I know uh, in interviews leading up to the show, Kevin Smith said that Powerhouse wanted to bring the box art to life 
I didn't realize that they meant literally by having that intro the way that they did. And uh, it it was actually pretty impressive too, because even their own animation for that, you know, only four others share this secret with the sorceress man at arms, Orko and Cringer that even fit in nicely with the overall motif of what they were doing with that. So, um, but yeah, I mean, if you want to talk about coming home again, that intro is like, Man, that hit me in the feels just going, my God, all this stuff I loved as a kid. There it is right in front of my eyes again. And it was a nice kind of because you had, you had, I mean, you had, uh, I mean, the, the Castle Grayskull box art was from classics. You had some mm-hmm. of the, the Earl Norm stuff. You had, you know, um, one of the four, I think it was one of the South American posters on there with Skeletor and Evil Lynn. I think that's from mm-hmm. Brazil or one, you know, um, a country in South America. I could be wrong on the exact source but i like that they kind of pulled from some different stuff it would have been so easy even going the packaging stuff to just go all right here's vintage cast grace go vintage snake mountain you know snake mountain they used their animation for that too um Mm -hmm. which was interesting so i like that it was kind of like to me you know like i've stressed on the show before you know i know filmation's thrown out there and everything else in in as far as the the precursor to this series. But to me, this Mm -hmm. intro was kind of a last reminder, like, look, we are doing vintage era. Like, here's kind of a progression amongst the different stuff, and here we are now. You know? Yeah, exactly. And I really like that. I Mm -hmm. like the the narration, the nods to the 87 movie, of course, that, you know, we used as inspiration for our original first Legends of Grayskull intro before mm-hmm. we got James in it to do his, and uh, it was just it was it was wonderfully done. Yeah, uh, Liam Cunningham uh, of Game of Thrones fame, and uh, obviously uh, Duncan on yep. the new series. If that guy, if that guy says anything without gravitas, I'd love to hear him because everything he says just feels epic with that intro especially and uh i love that they riffed on the 87 movie because that the 87 movie for you know love it hate it mediocre whatever you feel about it there is something to be said about how that intro starts out and that opening narration and you have the at the corner of you know the center of the universe at the border between the light and the dark you know it's like it's almost like you're around a campfire listening to this story but the way he does it, it's like this royal decree of what you're about to watch. And I, I was really, really enjoying that. Yeah. And uh, and so so from the intro, then we get right to the opening scene with He-Man on yeah. Stridor traveling towards Castle Grayskull. Uh, an image that we are so used to seeing uh, because it was in both of the... I want to say it was in both of the trailers, but it was very prominent in the first trailer for sure. Definitely. Um, and but I love how they cut it for the trailer, where it's like, and I kept doing that throughout the series, or at least the first few episodes, where most of the trailer stuff was taken from. It's like, oh, that's that, but that's that. But they cut it so mm-hmm. masterfully, you know, like all the things they showed, they showed. He-Man on Stridor leading up to Castle Grayskull. A few different shots in the trailer, but not once did we catch a glimpse of Spike or Clawful, which are indeed trailing behind him. You know, which yeah. would have, mm-hmm. you know, it's a, I, I like that. I like that. It's like, 
oh, I thought I knew what this scene was. And I kind of did, but you know, you know me, I hate my spoilers. So for, for yeah. me to get this scene where I'm like, because <laughs> that, 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 that's what I'm thinking as I'm watching it. Like that strider foot comes down. I'm like, okay, it's, you know, obvious spoilers here, guys. Do I need to say that? Do I need to say that in a breakdown video? I shouldn't have to. Hopefully right? not. Hopefully but, uh, not. <laughs> obviously spoilers, guys. But, you know, we'd already figured out from the trailer that Faker, it's Faker on Strider, not He-Man, right? I mean, we pretty much put all that together with the other shots of of Faker holding Sorceress in the chamber and everything. You can go back mm-hmm. and watch our teaser reveal for that as we put the pieces together in front of your eyes. But... So I so right off the bat, my mind, like, oh, I know, this is going to be a scene, you know, we got, okay, there's He-Man riding Strider, he's going to go up to the Jawbridge, he's going to muscle his way into Grayskull, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh no, Spiker and Clawful are here. Mm-hmm. And it's like, whoa, wait, 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 like, we're, so, for, you know, for me, somebody who hates spoilers, it's like, okay, this scene still got stuff that I didn't see coming, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm, yeah, and uh, it. It actually, it was really cool also, uh, other than, because I did see in one of the groups before the release of the show that somebody showed the um, the the shaping staff transformation and they yeah. could see that Spike Orr was it's turning dark. into Skeletor yeah. or vice versa. So there was that element of, well, what's that all about? So, right. but it, I, there was that question, how do they get there? And, right. and then the fact that he's leading them in and they're basically they're prisoners right. and he's going to bring them to Grayskull and all that stuff. Uh, I thought it worked really well. And on top of that, for me, I, I just, I enjoyed seeing their takes on those two yeah. uh, characters because we didn't see anything leading up to the show to let us see here's Clawful, here's Spike, or so now we got a glimpse of those on top of that, which I thought was great. Yeah. Well, there was a shark Clawful le- leaping out of the land shark. But other than that, but Spike it was or, small. It wasn't it was small. like, a, oh, know, absolutely. Like, yeah, no, it this, wasn't this, like you saw him. Oh, yeah. I, I love the way they, they designed his face. I think yeah. out of all the iterations, animated wise, this is my absolute favorite because he does have a very like creature look to him versus oh, yeah. I, I always thought he looked a little more like a Muppet with claws. He know, was a, a nice <laughs> amalgamation of the, in my opinion, the vintage toy. And the 2000X series, where he was a yeah. bit more animalistic, but he still retained um, kind of the size. They bulked him up a little bit, but not to Mike Young Productions mm-hmm. levels, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, but even then, it's like, okay, so like you said, we saw that shot of Spike or, you know, the Spike or chest changed into a Skeletor chest, you know? Mm-hmm. So right then there, it's like, yeah, obviously, I'm like, okay, this is Skeletor. But at the same time, the image we saw in the in Grayskull when they're holding the Sorceress, it's got Clawful, Stridor, and Faker. So I'm thinking, like, okay, that's Spike or is Skeletor, but I'm still convinced that Clawful is Clawful. You know what yep. I mean? Because we saw him. We saw him leap out of the land shark. We saw him in the background by Stridor. I'm like, all right, so Skeletor and Clawful, cool, cool. Um, and they mm-hmm. get... But yeah, they get up to the the gates of Grayskull, and and the sorceress lowers the drawbridge and comes out to greet E Man. Um, and I mean, I know I know we brought this up a little bit, but whatever. We're going through the whole thing. We're going to repeat ourselves sometimes. 
I think that was probably, like you said, it was probably that moment where you've got to suspend disbelief enough for the story. That, you know, Sorceress, knowing, I guess the biggest part is the secret identity, right? That leads to trouble here. Because Skeletor is sending him, Faker as He-Man to Grayskull, just thinking, like, he's Grayskull's champion. This yeah. is what he would do, I think. Mm-hmm. But with us knowing Sorceress and knowing that this is the day that Tila gets promoted, you know, I mean, I guess you could say that the Sorceress, you know, that she really does think Adam, regardless of whatever's going on, would go out and stop Spike or and Clawful, right? I mean, he, he, he breaks up yeah. the ceremony in a little bit just to, just to, to go to Grayskull when the Sorceress is in trouble. So, but I mean, it's, it's, Especially with sorcerer, with us knowing the secret identity, this is the hardest part to suspend disbelief. You know what I mean, or that needs a suspension to make it work. For yeah, for me, uh, you know, like, and, and this is me going to filmation in my head and, mm-hmm. and just thinking, you know, she never really got out of the castle. So anytime that he would go to to He Man would come to Grayskull, there was right. always the by the power of Grayskull, I command the drawbridge open. You know. And yeah. and or or something along those lines where Grayskull was shut until yeah. He Man let his let himself be known. I'm here, and they even did that with the episode on Filmation where you know the faker robot was outside saying, "Sorceress, I'm hurt. I need your help." And yeah. that's how they got the the jawbridge open. Whereas this time it's just it just opens and, and she's opened it up already, and there she is. Like, Hi, everybody. Yeah. You know. And, that moment, it, it was like because it's the first few minutes of the show. It really did make me go, "Why did that happen so easily?" But yeah. again, it, like you said, there is a suspension well, of disbelief to be had. Nope. Well, hold on. Someone's got a call coming in. <sighs> yeah, I don't know what that's all about. Anyway, um, um, how about how about this? Suspension this of disbelief. Just a, this just occurred to me though, because one of the big things about. Uh, the faker he man is you we can tell easily it's him because he doesn't have the sort of power he man always calls calls down the jawbridge by using the sword so maybe she re- maybe it's 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 actually the opposite she notice she's flying around she notices that he man doesn't have his sword figures something happened and that's why she opens the jawbridge for it Go, yeah, go, go through that I mean, one more time really quick. Um, okay, so He-Man needs, the if we're going by the filmation, you know, I command the jawbridge open, he always uses his power sword for that. Yes, yeah. So it's actually not the, it's not that the sorceress doesn't notice that it's, well, I mean, either way she doesn't notice it's faker, but... When she's flying around, she notices that He-Man does not have his power sword. So she knows he uh, can't open the jawbridge on his own. Mm-hmm. So she opens it for him. You know, she's probably figuring like, okay, he's got... And that's why he came to Grayskull. Because he he lost his power sword in the battle. He managed to capture Spiker and Clawful, but she's figuring that he lost his power sword in the battle, and so now she's like, oh my god, what's going on, He-Man? You know, we gotta, she's she's probably already figuring, like, hey, we gotta figure this out, we gotta get the power sword back, you know. 
All right. Boom. I, it works. Oh, it works for me. <laughs> it works. Oh. No, I, that that just came to me as we were talking. It's like, okay, like that that actually works. It's actually flipping. I guess we're because right off the bat, we want to but like the sorceress is one of the wisest characters on Eternia. So right away we want to kind of believe that there's no way she would be tricked. Mm-hmm. But I mean, everybody can be fooled at, you know, no one, no one's omnipotent. So, mm-hmm. Well, the other thing too, that I, I got to give props to is the fact that it, a lot of people, I know there's fans out there of the character, but a lot of people always made that, you know, Faker's a blue He-Man. How right. could you really be, you know, how could you be fooled by this? And this scene definitely proves, well, written the written a certain way and letting him look a certain way. Yeah, he can fool people, and that's the whole point. And right. it works nicely in just making that character a lot more dangerous because there is, it's like the anti-Eternia thing. When you look at Faker, there is that feeling now, yeah. especially in Revelation, it's like, I'd get uneasy looking at He-Man being like, are you you right now? Or is that not you? You know, it's same right. with the anti-attorney. You know, it's like he obviously looks different, but it's that whole thing of he's not He-Man. That's just wrong, right. you know? And so I, I like that a lot the more I think about it. But yeah, it was more the, the questioning of Sorceress. But yeah, I'm going with it. Let's just no, let's I, go I into think, the rest I think of we, it. I think we saw that completely. <laughs> so, you know... Um, and that's one of my favorite parts of the entire series. Um, Skeletor just comes right out like he, he's he's still Spike or he drops the, the ropes that were, you know, they looked like they were holding him, but they weren't really. He comes up and he's like, you know, he's just like, no, sorceress, it is me. I tricked you with my shaping staff. And it is Skeletor, I, Skeletor, Lord of, and sorceress just blasts him. <laughs> Like, he reveals himself, and Sorcerer's just, boom, right yep. off the jawbridge, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it is hard not to laugh at that part. I will, uh, and honestly, I, I did, I'm not the, I'm still not the biggest fan of comedic Skeletor, but that moment actually worked nicely for me, because it, it, he really was, it was, he's announcing himself, and then, bam, it's like she's having none of it, and it worked. Yeah, no, I I loved it. I loved they they went, you know, but then of course that's that's the the beauty of Skeletor's plan is then Faker is close to her and he's able to grab her and get mm-hmm. her into into the path into the into Gray Skull into Gray Skull, yeah. Um. Yeah, so, actually, yeah, that whole sequence to me. As as weird as this is going to sound, it's a home invasion. Oh, and, it is, and it's like I, I I was actually a little creeped out by that in like a you know subliminal way. I think because there is that feeling for me. It's like horror movies aren't scary unless they start involving stuff like that. Like any movie where all of a sudden there's these strangers in your house, it's like holy crap, this is wrong. You know, mm-hmm. and so like there is this uneasiness to all of that. Even though yes, she's fighting back against them. But right. I I absolutely love the minute she puts up that force field. To oh try yeah! To, it, like she's she's encased, but then it's the whole you're safe. The castle right. isn't right. And I love that you can see the sweat and him do it. That's the call your champion moment. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, this is getting good. <laughs> right. 
And the fact, you know, she blasts the arms off Faker and he just like yeah. reattaches himself. It's like, oh, okay, I, like this is, this is nice. I was, I was, I was actually, cause I, we saw that in the trailer and I kept yep. going, are they going to have it where then he's just stumbling around with no arms? No, I love that he reattaches them. And it's like, oh, right. we're, we're going like T2, T1000, not T800 on this thing. This is actually kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was, it was awesome. And then, so that oh, and then in there, Evil Lynn reveals that she's dressed, she's shaped as Clawful. So that was that was a nice surprise. It's like okay, now you know, and and uh, Stridor actually changes back into Night Stalker. So that was a nice mm-hmm. little drop there. Yeah, um, and then uh, and then uh, yeah, Sorcerer, Sorceress of course is, is up against the wall. Um, cut into the royal palace. It's a big day. Tila's getting promoted to the rank of man at arms and we just get a nice scene and it, and it's very reminiscent of filmation and you know the, the mini com and just like like it just felt like home going into mm-hmm. the palace the king and queen orco you know putting accidentally putting cringer into a bubble and, and mm-hmm. almost suffocating <laughs> him i mean it was just it could have been the start of any episode it, it was it was just nice it was nice being home again, you know? Yeah, it actually, it really had that 2000X flavor too because I liked on the beginning episode, it's Adam's birthday. And it's like, this is a different, it's like they're celebrating, uh, you know, Tila becoming man-at-arms. But there is that feeling of like, I remember this from 20 years ago. We start off with a little, you know, like a little celebration. Right. That's pretty cool, you know? It, like you said, it dropped me right into home again. Yeah, and right. and I did like uh, I did like when uh, Adam saves Cringer from the bubble, and yeah, I like Orko. Does anybody have the power to help me save Cringer? And then pop, yeah. I have the power. Yeah. <laughs> I just thought that was fun. Like Kevin Smith, uh, nope. for all anybody who loves or hates the guy, I actually enjoyed those little moments because yeah. It, for anybody that might not know it, it's kind of fun for them to hear these things and go, oh, there he is. There's Adam, you know, and him saying right. that. It's like, all right, it's a nod, you know. Yeah. It's fun. There, it's fun. Just, there was lots of those, especially in this first episode. It was very quippy. And yeah, that that's a positive to me. Like the the little the little uh, the little quips. I, I was digging it throughout. It's like, OK, all right. And uh, <laughs> we get a nice scene between Man at Arms and. Tila and about how proud he is of her and everything else and uh and we get a nice adam Tila scene where they're messing around with each other flirting and everything and it was just like all right like we're, we're gonna we're gonna push this relationship that which is great i mean to me i know other people disagree but i've always been an adam and Tila wind up together fan so mm-hmm. it was nice to see their banter. It was nice to get back and forth and that, that bit of playfulness, you know, that's like, okay, there is some chemistry here. Yeah. And uh, something that kind of threw me a little bit in those moments with the dialogue was uh, Tila talking about herself being an orphan, because that doesn't really come up a lot. Usually it's man at arms is her father, Duncan's father, you know? And, and I, I think they did that to step themselves back from the idea that even man at arms isn't her biological dad. He's yeah. her, he's her father and he takes care of her, but it's the whole idea. She's insular within a family unit, which I know for a lot of fans out there, 
the family dynamic was a big thing of what made right. filmation great for them. And that's the heart of that show for a lot of people. And uh, like I said, it was a little startling to hear that out of her because she didn't really wear that on her sleeve too often uh, well, it, in the originals, at least. It was the way but, they, it, it was the way they said it. Like they never would have used the word orphan back then. They would always be like, "Oh, man, arms found you," or "Your adoptive mm-hmm. father." You know, they wouldn't actually. But yeah, really, she's an orphan. Man it's, arms yeah. is not her biological dad. She doesn't know her parents. As far as she mm-hmm. knows, she was left on a doorstep somewhere because even her, how Man Arms found her, he's never really mm-hmm. been able to go into because it provides too many clues to her past. Plus, I think it was dropped in for the foreshadowing aspect of what the overarching story is going to oh, become yeah, yeah, yeah. by sure. episode 10. But like I said, it, it, it was a little like, they, they wouldn't say orphan and she didn't really go there too often, but eh, whatever, it worked and the Adam and her moments, I actually thought that was fun. And the whole, well, you don't know who he is and all that stuff, you know, and there's these, there's these little moments. They, like I said, they sprinkle in these little things. And I, I actually thought that was fun. And at the, the callbacks same, at the same time, they're also catching up the people who haven't watched he man in 30 years. Exactly. You know, exactly. you got to remember yes. that too, because I know us in the community, we get so used to like, I mean, we debate this stuff day in, day out. We're posting, we're finding, we're discussing, we're reading, we're whatever. But mm-hmm. I tell you what, I've talked to people who literally have not seen anything since about 87 or so. or Whenever they, they stopped watching the tunes, stopped collecting the toys. This revelation has grown so much bigger than just the hardcore fans. You know, it's bringing a lot of people back to the brand. Um, Even people that miss 2000X or miss New Adventures or the DC Comics or Classic. Like, I mean, there are people coming in the community right now that are like, from 90 on, they have never had anything to do with He-Man. But they see it and they're like, okay, I remember that. That looks cool. Same thing Transformers, the movie did, the Michael Bay one. No matter what you feel about it, it brought it really thrust Transformers back in the spotlight. So, you know, that's what we got to remember. This first episode, not only is it trying to entertain us who know the insides and out, it's also trying to be like, hey, in case you haven't watched in a while, you know, He-Man's, Adam's got the power, changes into He-Man, you know, Man-Arms is her adopted father, you know. Uh, they even drop a line coming up shortly here where they're they're like, hey, just so you know, in case you missed the Rainbow Warrior, uh, Marlena has figured out Adam's secret, you know, because mm-hmm. that's all the stuff they have to get. They have to get all these building blocks into place. And this story moves so fast yeah. that they don't yeah. have time to take a whole, even a whole episode to go over the basics, you know. Yeah. So they've got to just, you know, Boom, boom, boom. Skeletor is evil. Lord of Destruction. Sorceress and Grayskull. Blah, you know, check, 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 check. And that's yeah. that's where we're at at the end of this royal palace scene as uh, Tila's being knighted and Adam gets the call that the sorceress is in trouble. And what I love is Tila reacts to that. She, I don't think she picked up on the message. But when the sorceress starts talking to Adam, Tila does this little like, like sideways look, like, you know, kind of like, you know, when you can, when you can almost hear something. Like, you guys hear that? 
Mm-hmm. Like, is something going on? Hmm. Did you catch I that? I didn't catch that. No, I didn't yeah, catch that. Yeah, watch it again. Tila's down, and you hear the swords like, Adam! Or He-Man. You might call him He-Man. And yeah, Tila, mm-hmm. it's quick. But Tila just does this like... And then we cut to Adam, who's doing the focus thing, you know? Okay, okay. So, yeah, I missed that. So, a little, little foreshadowing later here as to, uh, uh, you know, I think Tila's coming of a certain age here, it seems like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And... uh I don't know. Like I, I actually, I enjoyed this a lot, and and the way, the way they dropped in the characters to give you that. Oh, here's yeah. this, here's that, and all that stuff. I thought that worked really nicely, and yeah, I, again, I felt like everything that we reviewed leading up to this series yeah. led me to go, hey, I remember this, and it's because we talked about it on the show because Rainbow Warrior was not really on my radar, and then we do the review. And then yeah. we see the whole, well, you know, a, a, a mother is proud of her son and all that kind of stuff. I'm like, yeah. oh, that's cool. And always then, knows her son and exactly. what he is capable of. See, this is why you're on the show and why you should fire yeah. me. See, there you go. But the whole thing is um, that little moment I liked a lot because it didn't need it, it was her saying it, but him not even hearing it. So there yeah. is that, you know, and, and the way that they did that, I thought was really, really well done. And then right after that, I mean, we have our big, we get our first transformation sequence, which is pretty sweet too. Real real quick here. I did like how Adam went to man at arms to kind of be like the guy that like, like it wasn't just Adam running off or anything. He's like, no, I can't just like take off off of here. So he's Mm got to like subtly tell man at arms, like sorcerer's in trouble. So then man at arms can like, just to kind of take the heat off him. Like that's, that, that was a smart excuse Mm -hmm. like okay that way Mm -hmm. i'm not a factor in this no one's gonna notice me and then man at arms is gonna be the one like hey we need to get the gray skull and no one you know everyone's gonna be like oh man arms he he knew he got a call something you know yeah and not get adam into the equation i really like that because it would have been easy just to do the oh i i remembered something i gotta do and take off you know yeah Um, and and the other thing uh i i was i was thinking at first my first viewing I was like, is this going to be like Thor? They're in the middle of coronating Thor. <laughs> and then yeah. the frost giants show up and then he's not king. And then it's right. the whole, I should be king kind of thing. And it's like, no, I, I like that. This happens right in the middle of all this going down. And yeah. then they just look to Teal and they're like, man at arms, lead the way, you know, right. for attorney. I'm like, sweet. That's right. cool. Nope, She's, she, it's legit. She, she is man at arms at this point. She you know? got her promotion. You know, man yeah. at arms is, is a rank, you know, mm-hmm. Duncan's real name is Duncan. Just throwing it out yeah. there. Man at Arms has always been his rank and his title. Um, granted, it's the first time we've ever seen that there's two Man at Arms at the same time, but it's not saying that. I mean, if it's a rank, it's it's a title. It, you know, there can be many lords, there's, many ladies. It, well, there can be, it, it, you know, uh, the many captains majors, and many lieutenants. sergeants. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so I'm good it, with it, that. It, I, I thought it was a real nice little tweak on the mythos there. And to have her rise up without actually replacing anybody was nice too, because that's that's a problem you get a lot of times. It's like, okay, well, now if we want a character to to come up, we have to get rid of another character, and they did it without that. They're like, oh, they can be equals. And Man Arms or Duncan was ecstatic that his daughter achieved the same rank as him. Like that's mm-hmm. he was 
so proud. Oh, the, 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 the family chemistry is written so nicely. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. I, I, it's like, you know, I, not to, not to get into the negativity and all that stuff, but it, I'm thinking about it right now. I'm like, yeah. she, she excelled well enough to become the new man at arms. Yep. And then her destiny is to be the sorceress. I mean, she's all over the place. <laughs> she's just taking roles left and right right now. because yeah. She's well, that, and, that good. But, and, but well, I, I, I believe her in either role though. That's the thing that I think is interesting. They never wrote her in anything right. previously to make you believe she couldn't handle either, you know? Right. And I like that. And that, and I, you know, I've always been interested. Something I've speculated a lot on over the years. It's like, okay, so at some point, like you said, these two lives are going to come to a head, and what mm-hmm. happens then? Like that's been one of my biggest what ifs, you know, all my time as a He Man fan. It's like, what is going to happen here? Because she's mm-hmm. heading. Those are two very different paths as it stands right now. But yes, we'll get into that more. Down the road, I'm sure. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, so now we get our big battle scene. It's everybody. It's Skelcons. It's hover robots. It's land sharks. It's Bashasauruses. Beastman, Clawful, uh, Trapjaw, Triclops, War Sleds, um, and they're all just. And Sorceress is holding them all off. She is so. She is ridden at her at her level of power here that she should always be at. Where as long as it's at the castle. She's got some power. She's got these crystals on top of the parapets that are shooting out lasers. You know, she's she's you know, she's the one that's slicing up the 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 land shark, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh but she's getting overwhelmed. Like you said, she is trying to keep her, her force field up. She's trying to attack this army advancing and she's getting weak. Mhm. Yeah, I saw some people that had some issues about the crystals being there. And I was like, I had no problem with that for the simple fact that in Filmation and 2000X, they never, ever referenced having uh, like the the gun on the parapet and all that. It's like, well, what else would you do? You'd have to create a magical construct in order to do that. I'm like, big giant crystals that are shooting lasers. That's pretty freaking cool. You know, I, I didn't and mind I, that. I actually was like, so that's the defenses. Cool. You know? And I thought, and I thought it was good foreshadowing there too, as to uh, what's going to come. Cause those crystals, I love them too. They definitely look out of place on Grayskull, but they might mm-hmm. not look out of place on something else. Exactly. So, yes. um, Oh, transformation I, sequence. We skipped over. Well, well no, Sorry. we don't have to because I was I was actually going to bridge it. I was going to say that we see that happening yep. before he's able to turn and, and everybody's leaving the, uh, the the throne room and everything. Right. And I really liked that in his vision from the sorceress and in the in the communication, he yeah. sees the amount of stuff happening in front of there, and it's like the oh crap it, it really does right. feel like it's it's this push that's going to finally take it and that it's like if there's not enough urgency in making somebody turn into he-man at that point i don't know yep. what is like that was that was a great way to illustrate time is of the essence we got to get this done you know and uh kind of the theme that ties us through so when the sorceress puts up her force field it it, it is i mean it it, it is a prism it is a rainbow yeah. prism. The, then you got the crystals defending Grayskull. And then, of course, we've got the new transformation sequence where, as Adam says, says the words, he is, it, it, his body is transformed by this prismatic 
rainbow energy. And it's just so, so elemental to me. Like we're mm-hmm. saying, like the sorceress draws on this raw power. He-Man transforms with this raw power. We're using these crystals to defend Grace. Like the themes are very, very well done here where it's like, yeah, this is, you know, as a prism breaks down all light into its separate colors, you know, those elements, like we are drawing on this elemental power. Mm-hmm. And it, you know, and as as we'll find out, it's like it's 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 the magic. It's the magic that created the universe. It's the magic that keeps us all together. And I just like that kind of theme of ha- same way a rainbow's broken down by a prism. That's kind of what they're dealing with here. And, and on top of that, I, I know for a lot of people as well that the color, the colorfulness of filmation, is something that is really yes. important. And obviously 2000X had more muted tones and it was more browns and stuff like that. So that like when I see something like this, in no way, shape or form disappointed because it brought all that vivid color back into the palette. And it's like you didn't really see those colors in the color scheme of a lot of this until that moment. And that's like those are He-Man's transformation colors in that way, at least for me, that's how I looked at it. And um, a lot of people, like, I know when we heard the uh, transformation originally, there was, you and I even debated it. Yeah, you were doing the whole. I wasn't sold. When does, yeah, when does he become He-Man? Because it sounds like he's still Adam when he says, I have the power, but he should be He-Man. And and the way they did it, I actually thought was cool because that's the moment the power's taking him over completely is when he yells it. And I'm like, nicely. I I actually really was impressed by that. And, uh. Yeah, uh, I, I best. I still like filmation the best. That's yes. where it still edges it out for me. That and and the theme music is still oh, yeah. like you, DNA essential. You can't beat it. It's baked into yeah. us. Like it's, filmation it's, is just yeah. where you go when you think transformation. Yes. It's it's primal. Just like for yes. me, the mini comic scene, the Alcoa work is primal. The the same thing with filmation, but this one is like. Wow, it like amps up everything that I hated about 2000X and goes, no, we're going to do it in a way where it's going to feel right. And it felt right by the time that it finished. 100%. So uh, and it's I, like, I loved I, it. The, the glowing up battle cat, like through the yeah. helmet and everything. Yeah. And, and the armor just like goes down the back. Like, it's, mm-hmm. oh, it's, it, it's absolutely beautiful. Absol- it's absolutely. wonderful. I like, I like the way he holds the sword. I, I like the way he, like you said, he's still Adam when he does the I have the power, and that's like the sealing the deal. Um, mm-hmm. No, it's very well done. I was pumped. Uh, and then we get to the battle, which fighty fighty, you know. One yeah. more thing real quick. How cool is it that after he does the transformation, he gets on top of Battle Cat. They have that rearing oh, up yeah, yeah. Like, hero moment. And then the next shot you see is the rooftops of the yes. freaking palace. Yeah. And they're jumping across the rooftops because they need to get there as fast as possible. Oh, I, yep. The minute they did that, I was just sitting there with my daughter going like, he's riding on the rooftops. He needs to get there that right. fast. How cool is that? That's right. Cool. Galcat just jumped out the window <laughs> and was just jumping yeah. off of everything until he I landed mean, on the ground. It, and it, they took off to Grayskull. It's like, all right. This is this is how the when the bat signals raised, this is how it, it's done. You know yes. that that moment is just wow. Every time I see him on the, on top of the roofs jumping, to this day I've seen it three times, and I'm like, dang, that's great. Oh yeah, absolutely. And so so I mean, 
highlights of the battle, obviously, man arms and trap jaw have a nice. It it just it's. I mean, it's hard to break it all down because it just. I mean, it happened so fast, but you know, mm-hmm. uh, like we said in the trailer, the the He Man catching the Bashasaurus ball and saving Boulder and saving Man at Arms, that was great. I love He Man doing the punch the ground to 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 push back a bunch of Skelcons and Huggle Robots. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and and I like that the battle gets to play out. You know, even more so, I think, than Mike Young Productions. Like, this one really, you know, we got the outside. We got Clamp Champ and Fisto, and we got all that. But then we progressed with the battle. We had inside with He-Man and Tila, and, you know, going up against Night Stalker and Evil Lynn. I think Skeletor's already down in the the, the chamber, I believe. Mm-hmm. But it was just cool to see him. Like, that's that's what we didn't get. As kids, like they didn't get to use their weapons. Not that they wouldn't have, just because of the restrictions at the time, they didn't get to use them properly. And you know, the 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 violence had to be way toned down. So you know, and even Mike Young, like they only only had, uh, you know, they were episodic. Mm-hmm. They had they had a, a few multi part episodes, but basically they needed to tell their story. In, in 20 minutes, you know, in mm-hmm. 2X. So there's just not a lot of time for this. Whereas here, it's comic books. It's deconstructed storytelling. Our story actually plays out over five episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really don't think you can, like, like this is probably the closest one to kind of just its own episode. The other ones, I feel like they just roll right into each other. Like once you once you start, you can't stop. Unless you have yep. to, or unless you finish the series. So it was mm-hmm. nice seeing the progression of the battle. We got to take the time for them to battle outside, come inside, you know, and, and eventually head down to the orb chamber where Skeletor already is. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I don't know about you, but the, the orb chamber moment actually had me going like, I kind of dig that, like the way that they built Grayskull in 2000X, where it was like this it just kept going. Right. Like when you see Adam following the sorceress to get the power sword on the beginning, it just felt like this thing is endless. Yeah. The, the amount of room. And in this one, it's like, this is that to me where it's like, here's this new area that we've never actually seen yep. in any of the cartoons. They made this their own. And I really liked it. I, I, I yeah. cause I remember when we saw the, uh, the, tra- the initial trailer, I was like, they got to be like outside in the woods near Grayskull fighting it out. Yeah. At this point. Like they, they drew them into the woods to get them away and they're doing this whole fight. And, they, you know, it's like the basic, the very, very basics of what you could make out in that one. And right. it's like, oh, this is in Grayskull. That's yeah. freaking cool. You know? Yeah, no, I agree. I When I, when I saw that, it was like. I thought the same thing. They're out in a forest somewhere, something. Maybe this is even before he gets into Gray Skull. You know? Yeah. So, so basically, uh, Skeletor opens a chamber uh, leading down below the room that they're in, and it leads mm-hmm. down. And it spirals way down, like to this, like to you, you know, down into well, what would be the abyss. I don't know if we really saw an abyss on, in this show, did we? 
I don't think there was an abyss. I I, yeah, I don't was. remember there being an abyss around Great Skull this time around. So I guess mm-hmm. they're going with the castle. It just keeps going down, down until yeah. you reach the core of the planet or something. But yeah, it's it's, it's way down the heart of Gray Skull, mm-hmm. and uh, it spirals down. And as you, the further you go down, it, it changes from you know the stone and and everything of Gray Skull. It changes into a very a very you know the walls are are tree limbs and there's grass growing everywhere it's very magical and sparkly and again kind of getting into the elements like if you if you could picture an eden in your head you know i'm hoping mm-hmm. everybody who is listening to this has watched the show but in case you haven't yeah it's very it's very it's very dawn of time for, uh, um edenesque you know and botanical down, huh it's very botanical. It is. It's, it's very botanical. Um, That's my contribution. <laughs> and yeah, it uh, it's and down at the center of it is this pyramid with He Man's H symbol on it. Mm-hmm. Um, and basically, they confront Skeletor down there, and he reveals he's got a lot of information all of a sudden. Which I'm hoping that the I'm thinking the prequel comic we might need to keep an eye on that because he got mm-hmm. a lot of information all of a sudden and basically what they did is they jumped back to the old Michael Halperin Bible written back in like eighty one where and and you know used as the basis for the filmation series Bible and everything and um, they they said you know they went back to that Castle Grayskull was originally the Hall of Wisdom. The elders put their power into an orb and changed the hall to look like Grayskull, you know? Mm-hmm. So, it's, uh, uh, and I liked, I didn't see that coming. I, they completely blew me away that they went with that. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, me too, because like I said, uh, I, I guessed completely wrong there. But I actually really like that, you know, there there's this whole other level and that level does it looks beautiful versus everything above it looking, you know, creepy and, you know, right. hard and, and stone like and everything. I, I, I enjoyed that. and it, it gave a lot of character to this, especially this sequence, too. Right. Now, tell when you saw that little pyramid in the center there, what's the first thing you noticed about it? Honestly, I noticed the H on it, the the okay. He Man symbol. Yeah, yeah. But other than that, what what, what else was I supposed to notice about? Well, no, it? I just the second <laughs> I I saw I saw the H symbol and it had that mm-hmm. little slot in it. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm immediately like the sword goes there. Like I'm, uh, I'm yeah, like yeah, yeah. Yes. I'm like that they they, <laughs> they not only did they jump back to the Hall of Wisdom origin, but mm-hmm. but they uh. But they also were able to do the slot in the they the, to honor the old key to Castle Grayskull thing. Yeah, and yeah. right and right when I saw that slot, I'm like, that's his plane. Like he, real, and that's why he was all goading the sorceress, call your champion, all that. He's like, he real, he knows he needs a sword. He knows mm-hmm. he needs a sword for this uh, protection here. Hmm. Yeah, and. Uh, the first time around, I just noticed the H symbol, and I was like, "Oh, look at that! The H is on there, you know, and all that." But I didn't catch the—I uh, don't think I caught the key on it until the second or third viewing. 
but because uh, it makes it obviously very it's it's there right this sequence uh, it's like if you didn't notice there's a keyhole in it like me then you're going to notice it because Skeletor is going to let you know it's there in a couple of, like 30 seconds or so oh yeah for sure and it's mm. uh and so we we get we get a nice uh, uh, battle here, and and Skeletor is just out out for blood. I like he does. The, he's got the havoc staff. He's really using that. Able changing the end into like that spear and everything. I, I'm like, oh, I, that's a cool trick. I I really like that. And I the the one thing though I couldn't figure out, and maybe maybe you have an answer to this. Was what, did he turn the shaping staff into the havoc staff, and it's the shaping staff, but he's using it as the havoc staff then, or is it the havoc staff can just do that because it's magical? No, I think that I think that's just the. Oh, you're popular today. I don't like being popular. I hate being popular. <laughs> See, if you had thankfully an, the same problem had, didn't happen. If you had an Android, there's a nice do not disturb button. Um, there is a do not disturb button, but I didn't think I'd be disturbed so much right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I figured it was just one of the properties of the Havoc staff. Um, I think he lost, I want to say he lost the shaping staff earlier. Like it got, maybe when the Sorceress first blasted him. Yeah, I don't think he's had a reason it, to mess with it once he got I, inside Grayskull. I, I don't remember, but I, I want to say, like, he did conjure the Havoc Staff kind of mm-hmm. out of the error. So, right, that's what I mean. He conjured, yeah. he conjured the Havoc Staff out of thin air. Yeah. He, didn't, he didn't change the Shaping Staff into it. So I'm, I yeah. think it's just All Havoc right. Staff because, as we find out in a moment here, uh, it's got a couple other tricks that it never had before. So mm-hmm. they're battling. Skeletor's actually kind of got the upper hand here. He's, he's really... Uh, He's really going gung ho, and um, and luckily Mossman shows up, and and oh man, he looked awesome. He's all big, and and it made sense. It, you know, you got the feeling that like Mossman knew about this place, like mm-hmm. he like he just pops up out of the walls, like he's just like I'm here, and you know he grabs Skeletor and you know slams him to the ground and everything, and. You know, oh, that wonderful Alan Oppenheimer voice sounds like sounds like an old battle cat. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. And um, then, yeah, and go then ahead. Skeletor. I, I actually thought it was kind of cool for the fact that it, Skeletor actually opens the mouth of the Havoc mm-hmm. staff to have it turn into the flamethrower. And I, you know, I'm not a fan of like, oh, oh, you know, we're witnessing Mossman die. That actually, no, it was like. Whoa! Like he yeah, actually killed Moss Man. Yeah, and that's the but, moment. After everything else, it's like you know, the the Skeletor scheme felt like home. The Royal Palace felt like home, and then once he just incinerates Moss Man, it's like, okay, I do, I don't feel safe anymore. Like like okay, like like no one's safe. You know what I mean? Like the mm-hmm. the, the threats there. It's what you felt as a kid watching filmation, like. Oh, he man, he man's, you know, he man's entombed on Phantos. Like, what are we gonna do? He's, you know, they could win. Like, that's that's where it put me. I'm like, okay, so we're we're doing this, you know. Did I want to see Mossman die? Absolutely not. But mm -hmm. it is just driving home the point. Like, hey, you don't know what's coming. Exactly. I I like I like that feeling in my tummy. Same here, and uh, I mean, I, I'd say it, it, for me, it didn't didn't bring back any filmation memories. What it did was it reminded me of 
how I felt watching the 87 movie because the way Langella portrayed him, it, there was a sense of, you don't know what he's about to do next day. Sometimes he was pulling some stuff where you're like, oh, right. this isn't filmation anymore. And that's basically how it felt to watch this yeah. one. And I'm, yeah, it, it's not easy to watch that scene. No. And, you know, it's like, yeah, the, he's, it, it is that filmation. Everybody goes home at the end of the day and they're fine, right. you know? And but I, it's I, like, I, no. I like the stakes. I like having stakes. Like I said, I've, as, as a kid, I felt there were stakes in filmation. You know what I mean? But, mm-hmm. as, you know, obviously as you grow up, you can tell, no, everyone's going to make it home safe. Everyone's going to, sure. everything's going to reset. We're going to fix everything. Um, so, so, you know, and that's a hard part of looking back. I mean, we've covered some great episodes where we really felt like, yeah, they nailed it. But mm-hmm. at the end of the day, making adult me feel like there's stakes in something, like there's an actual threat, you know, that, that does it for me. So, mm-hmm. and then, and then yeah. he man just, he man just loses it. He's like, you know, I have to end this. And he just charges at Skeletor and stabs him right in the gut with the power mm-hmm. sword. And I, that, and to me, that is no different than in the problem with power. When Skeletor goaded He-Man into breaking down the portal and, you know, thinking he killed somebody. Like, mm-hmm. you know, he just killed Mossman. He-Man's, you know, he's already in the orb chamber, the heart of Grayskull. He-Man's going, I gotta end this. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. that's exactly what he wanted. Yeah. And that, and... oh my god, that scene is one of the best scenes in this show. Where Heat Man's got Skeletor impaled, and Skeletor just grabs a sword and pushes it in farther, mm-hmm. so that it enters the lock because he's his back's right up against the pyramid. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's just like, it, he, he he wanted it. He got it. This is exactly yeah. what he wanted. Yeah, and I honestly, uh, I know, I know that's another one of those controversial points, but. The one thing about that sequence that I, uh, every time I've seen it, I look and it's like, right after that happens, He-Man's looking and and you can tell he didn't want to do it. Right. And, you know, like, um, it, it's just, yes, is it something that's foreign to him because we're, we're used to seeing him one way? Yeah, I get yeah. it. But at the same time, there is a certain amount, like, Superman, for the life of me, I Man of Steel, No. I don't right. believe how that worked out at all. This to me did not feel unnatural compared no. to something like Superman or, or Man of Steel. And it I don't know, it just it took it to a place where when I was a kid, yeah. sorry, I played where there were more stakes than just, you right. know, whatever it was the the uh the MacGuffin of the week sort of stuff. Yep. And yep. It, there were characters that I I said okay, and they died, and you know I I just it it doesn't. If everybody gets to go home at the end of the yep. day, unfortunately, that doesn't help anything in the story because it just makes you go well. Right, nothing matters. Everybody's safe constantly. And the thing is, he still pulled that punch. Like he could have stabbed him in the heart. He could have stabbed him square. You know, in in the stomach. He could. There are a lot of vital organs he could have gone for, and he still pulled his stab to where it's like the lower gut. Like, I mean, even, even you know, one Skeletor 
pulls himself off the sword after the orb chamber opens up after the swords in the keel, like Evelyn immediately starts going to work on Skeletor, you know, with her mm-hmm. magic to heal. Like, yep. it, you know, it's, I mean, he could, you know, he, like I said, if, if he man starts chopping the heads off enemies, we got to talk, but him yeah. stabbing him through like that, you know, sure. He's trying to incapacitate him. Mm-hmm. Um, but unfortunately then the, the, the orbs exposed all the power of the elders and uh, and Skeletor actually pushes Evelyn away. It's like, oh, he's not done yet. He knew exactly what this was going to do. He knew it was in there. He's like I said, he's got a lot of information. I'm really excited for that prequel comic to finish up. Yeah, um, agreed. And he he just he wants the power, and he thinks the only way to get it is to break open the orb that's containing it. And he mm-hmm. just, he just smacks the orb with his havoc staff and power explodes everywhere. Uh, and the sorceress is able to hold back time for just a few seconds to try and figure out what to do. Yeah, I, I, I uh, listening to, to Kevin Smith the other night, I actually love the part. He's like, yeah, I wrote that about, you know, magic is strong, but not as strong as time. Yeah. Like, I don't know where I got that from, but uh, man, I can't believe I wrote that. It's like right. I, I when she said that, I really thought that was a great line because yeah. it is like I, I was one of those people up until a certain point in my life where I'm like magic is like cheat codes, and it was driving me crazy because the rules right. never were were put into place. But I love that even here, it's like even with the power of graceful, even with the power of the universe, right. nothing is going to stop this. It's just holding it back just a little longer right. to come up with a quick plan. And hopefully that's enough. You right. know? And and basically, if that energy all gets released uncontrolled, it's going to incinerate everything, the universe, mm-hmm. you know. And Adam or He Man, you know, devises a plan to. He's going to call upon the power since he's calling from the orb. He's going to call upon the power while it's exploding and channel it all into him. As the sorceress warns him, it. It will destroy you. You cannot handle this much power. It will kill you. And mm-hmm. he does it without hesitation. Mm-hmm. And that... that, that because yeah, that's ahead. what heroes do. That's right. As Thor would say, that's what heroes do. <laughs> and, you know... Uh, and even that line, he's like, he's talking to his sorcerers, he goes, you know, well, what if I call upon the power when I'm already in this form? And Tila's there. She's, this form, like she had just completely yeah. lost. Because all yeah. all pretense is dropped at this point. It's end of the universe level here. Um, yeah. And I've always said the secret's going to either come out in in the heat of the moment where there's no other option, you know, or 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 in death, you know. And mm-hmm. that's uh, you know, and that's. That's exactly what happens. He-Man calls upon the power. Sorceress loses her control, and he channels all of that power into the sword, splitting it into the two halves, and revealing a secret. Which I I think for me is one of the most iconic moments of this entire episode, because, Mm -hmm. I, I mean, we've seen... Very rarely we've seen them let the power return, and then he's yep. he man into Adam again, and to see it done in this way, where it's also like the entire universe is on the line, and he's pulling this off. 
and you just see the the sword break in two. He Man's holding two different halves for the first time. Yeah, and I, I love, like you said, that moment with Skeletor where he looks and he's like, he's just a boy, you know. Yeah. And, I I I love that whole sequence, and I love the way that they built towards that with Teela being blinded, and then she looks and crin or Battle Cat's disappearing yep. and becoming Cringer, and then she's yep. like, "What?" And she looks over, and there's Adam standing there with the swords, and he does that like he turns and looks at her for that yeah. one second before the explosion, and it, it's. I don't care what anybody says about this show. That moment is amazing. Yeah. The whole way, everything, because you're talking about, you know, like going on 40 years worth of story of us wondering what would happen if, and here it is, we get to see it and it's done in the biggest epic way that I can imagine it in animated form. Well, that's it. I couldn't have imagined it any better. Honestly, the mm-hmm. way the way it was done, the the energy swirling around, like just the whole pacing, the music, the whole direction of the scene was just like beautifully done. Like you said, Tila, Tila looking and seeing and Skeletor, you know, his indignation that that's what's been standing in between him this I whole will. time. And I then absolutely just that, love that, that so much. flash of light <laughs> and Adam and Skeletor and the swords are just gone. Just yeah. nothing, not a trace, you know, just uh, just a scorch mark on the floor. And, and that's the that's one of the things I absolutely love about this is it, it, for anybody that wants to, oh, he killed off He-Man. He didn't kill him off in a way that wasn't, it, 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 it mattered. Right. Because when you look at what he's, it, like literally, they're seconds away from the universe just going by. That's it. And everything right. anyone cared about now, yes, it's animated and all that. Stuff, but if you put your mind into it and go, every it's that whole you know infinity war. Everybody's back again. Everybody's safe. But this mm-hmm. one person had to do something to right. make sure all that was accomplished. And you know, for me, it's like it, the, the big guys, like you know, Superman, He Man. Okay, Tony Stark. You throw him in there because of sure. all that stuff. It's like <clears throat> those have to be grand scale sacrifice moments for him to really pay off and really show this is what the guy is all about. Right. And, uh, you know, like uh, when the idea of He-Man going, if everything dies, if I don't do this, then I'm doing this, you know, like, yes, of course he's going to freaking do it. And, uh, and basically from there, we just cut back to the Royal palace for our final scene. And, um, you know, man at arms is informing the king and queen that He Man did not survive the battle, and Marlena just loses it. Randor is, mm. you know, he's he's being the king. He's go he's going, you know. Oh, you know, we we hope he he, you know, basically rest in peace. You know, we hope he's, he's achieved his place in the hall of heroes and all that. Mm-hmm. And, and and Marlena's line, you know. Randall, we lost our son. Like that's a parent's worst nightmare, and and just just Randor's reaction. Tila still shell shocked, and Duncan's just bracing himself because he knows this doesn't end well. And I know we've speculated before on what happens when the secret comes out, depending on where Adam is or what happened to him. And this is like the worst way. That this secret mm-hmm. can come out for everyone involved. Yeah, and I mean, 
it, it, the, the show did uh, did something that a lot of people say when there is a, a person that they care about passes on. Yeah. It's the whole, you know, remembering what you say to somebody the last time. It, like, you don't know if this is the last time yep. you're going to see that person again. And the fact that the last thing that was exchanged between Randor and Adam is hint, is Randor giving Adam a bit of grief about the fact, you know, that's parental pride when they, when they look at Duncan, when the, the, the whole uh, ceremony for Teal is about to happen. That's parental pride. I hope to see that one day out of you, Adam, and know how that feels. And and it's, it's this whole, like, he may even addressed it in the prequel comic all along. He's been playing this role because it's trying to keep the secret safe and it's trying to keep his parents safe and all the people he loves safe. And the fact that this is the moment you get to find that out, he's not here to even address these things. Right. And uh, again, there, there is people with the whole, uh, how Randall reacted. And I'm like, if that was me in that moment, I would have probably been worse. I, I would have probably like, like, I don't know if I, if I'd even yeah. be in the same house as Marlena ever again, because if, if my wife knew something about my son and they yep. never, it, she never came to me to let me know about it. Right. We said that just recently on the show. Yep. Like, if, if your daughter came to me with a secret and I didn't yep. tell you, oh. all of that, it's the whole, like, yeah. how would you handle that? That's you the king. That? You're you know, finding out your son is better than he, you ever imagined him to be. And, right. and, and, and you find out Duncan and you find out Marlene. It's like, you'd almost be like, who's conspiring against me at yes. this moment? Like, everybody I can't trust in this right. room. Like, Orko, Cringer, nobody, you know? Right. I mean, that's what I'm saying. I, it just, I'd, be, I'd be wrecked. <laughs> yeah. And he, and he lashes out. Again, he, you know, and, and this is in Randor's, you know, backstory. He always says he, he was rowdy as a youth. He was, you know, he was quick to anger. He, you know, and he overcame all that. But in this moment, you know, he's reverting back to basics. In that moment, mm-hmm. he is that young prince again that just, you know, it, it, you want to fight about it, you know? Mm-hmm. And he, he banishes Duncan and all that. Yeah, And then he has Tila to escort him out. And that's that's the breaking point for her. Like, she's, she's just been just, like, um, just shell-shocked, you know, just numb to everything so far. Um, and... And she just loses it at that point, and she goes off on everybody. Which again, going back, she just lost, you know, her 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 best friend on the battlefield. She lost her best friend in in her real life. You know, the guy mm-hmm. that she has feelings for, and she found out that her own father has has kept this secret from her. So the the queen apparently knew. Like again, mm-hmm. it's that feeling like all you guys knew. No one could tell me, you know, you know, and and I'm sure there was even a bit of that in her mind of of her of her mother, how her, her how Duncan refuses to tell her anything about who she is or where she came from beyond that she was adopted by him. Like I think all that mm-hmm. just swirled up, and she just she's done, mm-hmm. and she she denounces her position, throws down her tiara, and takes off. Uh, Something that I wanted to bring up too, uh, and I'm not going to try to make it a huge thing, but like, there, I've I've heard the thing of oh, it's me, me, me when it comes to this moment, and when it comes to even later on in in the episodes when when uh, she right. sees Adam again and all that. Um, and I'm thinking, of, I, I was thinking about it just before we started recording, and I'm like, I've lost enough people in my life where 
there have been a few in particular where if they would, if I had the chance to see them again, my first response would be, it's about me. And, and that doesn't make me selfish. That doesn't make me anything other than when someone dies, they're gone and you're left to figure out what to do with that. Right. And, you know, like I, I thought about it. I'm like, my God, you know, like everybody giving her grief. It's like, you know what? She's dealing this, with this. this She's been, coming to yeah. terms with it. And, and I'm sorry, but people deal with grief in yeah. their own way. And there are people that it's like, if this person would have only told me, like, like yeah. a, a friend of mine, for instance, get, who, who was a really good friend time. of mine, he, he, he died. And I found out like there's stuff I might've been able to do to help him. He right. never reached out to me to tell me. And I'm like, if he could have told me these things, or if he would have at least let me in a little more instead of having the pride about it that he did, I would have been happy to offer up any kind of help I could because I know what happened when he didn't do it. And that's kind of the thing. When I look at this, it's like that to me is not being selfish. That's her, her digesting everything in this one instance that happens. And it's not about her, 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 in my opinion, it's about, it's the anger of the grief coming to the surface again. Well, that's it. And no that's one, not who she is all the time, you know. And no like, one can tell you how to process your grief. You know, no one. No. You know, they've got the stages and all that, and people people can help you, but some some you know some of the stages take longer than others. It varies from person to person, and this is it's all it's all happening so fast, you know. And mm-hmm. I I would say, and we'll we'll get into it more down the road. But I would say that basically this whole first five episodes and possibly beyond is her coming to terms with all of it and working through her stages of grief. And right mm-hmm. now, she just needs to be alone. Yeah. So that's what Agreed. she chooses. She's forget you, forget you, forget you. I'm out of here. So, mm-hmm. and that's that's where we're left. Credits roll. Yeah. And it, 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 I mean, you want to talk about turning it up to ten for the people that grew yeah. up with it, but now, now we have the new storytelling methods and the new storytelling ways that we yeah. have become used to through movies and TV. And it's like, yeah, like it works because this isn't just a cartoon anymore. There is this feeling of it's genuinely there's stakes, there's drama, yeah. and you care about this stuff while, while it's happening. Yeah, so. I completely agree. This this is the part where I would love to speculate on what's coming up next, but unfortunately Netflix does not do weekly releases. So (laughs) we already know what's coming up next. But uh, but yeah, overall, a very enjoyable episode. It made me realize that I have, as much as I thought I knew, I didn't, um, even though I figured out a couple small things. And, And I... There was no hesitation on my part of rolling into the next episode when I was watching it. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Yeah. I, I'm, I, I, actually, after that ending, I was so glad we had the next episode because right. I had a week to go to wait for that. I, I mean, again, one of my one of my negatives will always be I really wish the shows were longer than just twenty five minutes because I re- I feel like there's more story they could tell within just this story. Yeah. They oh, could have had a sure. few more moments or whatever. But, you know, I'm yeah. again, you know, I'm not going to complain because I'm a, I'm a completely right. happy that we have new material for the first time in years. And so. it's, 
And it's and it's easy to binge too. I like that. Like I did. Yes. It, it, think about it. if they've done hour long episodes, five episodes. That means you're looking at twice as long to have you know to get through it. And that's that's not a bad thing, but it's also very hard to get you know five hours of viewing in you know under my schedule at one time. So and sure. the way this is going, I would have wanted to just keep going as I did that night. Mm-hmm. So. Um, I, th- I think, I think we'll leave it there for now. So join us soon. We'll be back. We'll be breaking down episode two, the poison chalice. And, uh, yeah, Sean, anything that wraps up? Just, Hey, like subscribe, share logpod 85 at gmail.com logpod 85 on Twitter. Yep. Uh, if you want to get in touch with us or the uh, group on Facebook, Legends of Grace Club Podcast. Yep. And until next time. Until next time, stay legendary. Oh, come on. Oh, Oh!